Hello, you are listening to the Plumfield Moms, and this is Plumfield in Person. Hi, I'm Diane Pendergraft, and I'm with Sarah Masaryk, and once again, we have Jill Morgan from Purple House Press and Tanya Arnold from Biblio Guides. We're so happy that they continue to come back and talk to us. <laughs> yeah, we like talking to them. We do. Jill has so much talent and wisdom, and Tanya is just full of information and wisdom. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> Jill and Tanya, we want to thank you for coming today to talk about We Were Tired of Living in a House. This is an interesting book, and I'm excited because today we're going to have Diane tell us about how she's used this book because it is really charming and worthy of discussion. So first of all, tell us, how did this book show up on your radar, Jill? Well, it all goes way back over 20 years ago. In 2000, when I first started Purple House Press, we got a lot of press from local newspapers and magazines. And we lived in a suburb of Fort Worth, Texas then. And Dallas Magazine, D Magazine, contacted me they wanted to do an article about us and they did and and the title of it was pretty funny it was called mrs morgan's crowded garage because (laughs) we kept kept all of our pallets of books in the our three-car garage and we couldn't put our cars in it and they and they and i they took a picture of me sitting on top of the pallets of the books and that went with the article but we need that copy yeah, it's <laughs> online somewhere, I'm sure. When I was done talking to the journalist who wrote it, he said, I, I have a recommendation for you. I think it would do well in local bookstores. He said, you might never have heard of it, but it's called We Were Tired of Living in a House. Oh. And so that was the first I heard of it way back in 2000. Wow. I read the book. I don't know where I found a copy of it, but I read it. I liked it. And at that time, both the author and the illustrator were still alive, mm. and I contacted the illustrator's agent, Doris Byrne. I mean, she's pretty well-known, and her agent didn't really approve of a startup company with n- not really oh. anything behind them, and so she just kind of put the deal on hold, and it didn't go anywhere, and I couldn't find the author anyway, so I it's just... It was on a back burner, you know, like I said, well, maybe someday we'll do it. Mm. And then you can fast forward 20 years and ask Tanya to tell the other half of the story. <laughs> shocking that Tanya was involved. Mm-hmm. It's shocking. Yes. yes. <laughs> this just came together so beautifully. I've been anticipating sharing this story for a long time. I think one <laughs> of the other challenges, Jill, was that there was a reprint of it that was a re-illustrated reprint that was done in mm-hmm. 1999. So you also had the fact that there was an edition out there when you were probably looking That's for the true. rights. That's true, but it had already gone out of print. Oh, it had. Okay. Mm. It was it was either 1999 or 1997, but it did not stay in print for very long. And when I contacted the agent, it was already out of print. Okay. Wow. So very limited run of the reprint. Mm-hmm. Very short. <laughs> yeah. So then in the spring of... 2020 or 2021, 
when did you publish this one? It was probably 2020 because the book came out for us in 2021. Yeah. Okay. So in the spring of 2020, I had heard about We Were Tired of Living in a House from a niece who had loved it as a child. And I had found a copy at a local thrift store and it was a weekly reader. So there were a lot of copies at one point that were out there, but the weekly readers were also done inexpensively to get them out to as, you know, as wide of an audience as possible. So it's not the greatest quality, especially now that so much time has gone by. So I loved it. Pages were just degrading. Uh, Yeah. And I, I really think it's a perfect picture book. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because you say that all the time about this book. I, you think this is a perfect picture I book. adore this book on so many levels. I give it as gifts. I just think it's perfect. Yes. So mm-hmm. I was working on adding it to the website, and I just thought, it's so tragic. <laughs> it's so tragic <laughs> that this book isn't in print. And then I was adding the reprint from 1999, and I thought, that's doubly tragic. <laughs> And I just sent Jill a quick message and just said, hey, have you ever thought about doing We Were Tired of Living in a House? And she responded and said, well, actually, I tried to get the rights on that 20 years ago to no avail. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, Mm -hmm. well, darn. And then she said, hmm, maybe I should try it again. (laughs) And then she did. And I think, Jill, that it came together really quickly. It didn't take long. It didn't take long. I found the author's family fairly quickly and they were thrilled. Oh. And we came to an agreement, you know, that didn't take long at all. And then it was pretty funny about the illustrator. I, I spent a lot of time trying to find the illustrator's agent. And then I finally think I asked our own agent, do you know who represents this illustrator? And they said, we do. Huh. So it was our own agent that we worked with getting the rights to the illustrations. And that went along pretty well, too. We couldn't stop talking about it, Jill. We kept thinking it just fell into place. You hadn't thought about it in a long time. I brought it up on a whim. Jill thought, well, you know, I'll put out some feelers. And she was, (laughs) and I think just with the rise of the internet, it's a little bit easier to find people. So I know there was some effort in tracking down the family, but she was able to do that and just went click, 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 click. And then like the next thing I knew, I had this beautiful edition in my hands with a dust jacket. (laughs) And it's so, you know, velvety touch with the most perfect paper. It's the perfect picture book with the perfect story and the perfect illustrations. It's just, yeah, I, I think so too. The illustrations go so well with this story. They're just, those little kids are just so adorable and all, and there's so much detail in everything they do when they're on the raft. There's just so many details with the pictures and I could just go on and on, but yes, I agree with you. And opposed to the reprint, which not your reprint, Jill, but the one that was short-lived, first of all, there's a reduction in the number of children. So yeah. not all of the kids are in it. Yeah, they killed one of them off, I guess. <laughs> yeah, somebody fell off the raft. Right. <laughs> didn't come home. <laughs> it's very lacking in detail. It feels very like much like a crayon-colored book. And you just do not get the, the beautiful detail that we get in your book, which are sketches that are just gorgeous. There's so much detail in them. When you're looking at the pond, you see frogs, mm-hmm. you see the grass, you see trees, you, you know, there's just so much going on in all of the pictures. Yes. Now, Diane, you think it's a pretty perfect picture book as well, don't you? Yes, I love it. <laughs> I, I loved it from the very first picture. Yay. <laughs> 
at the very beginning where it says, we were tired of living in a house and the whole family is standing there just exasperated with each other. <laughs> and the kids are all on the landing of the stairs and there's a little girl just sitting there like she's just had it. And I looked at those kids and went, I have seen every one of those kids <laughs> doing exactly those things. This is a true to life book. <laughs> yeah, and and a lot of it, you know, the story's really cute, but the pictures are just so detailed and there's always they're realistic but funny. Mm-hmm. You don't really need any words. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the words are pretty perfect too. Yeah. They are perfect. Yeah. You could have either one, I think, by themselves. But, of course, together, that's what makes the perfect book. That's what makes it magical. (laughs) Yeah. I'm teaching literature to a bunch of homeschool kids. And one of the hardest classes last year was the 15 (laughs) five-year-olds and keeping keeping them busy and engaged with the book. So I've been kind of going back with the class to older books because I want to expose them to that. This was a new book to me, but I thought, okay, that has to be next week. (laughs) So when I read that with the kids, we were looking at the pictures, and it was just so fun with each one of them. I would say, okay, where's the cat in this picture? Mm. Oh, 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 you know, there. what's it doing? Is it doing cat things? And it's always doing cat things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though it's sort of a cartoony-looking cat. And the, okay, what's the dog doing? And then... As they go, the kids go along to each of the different houses that they try, that they hope are going to be better than living with their parents. <laughs> um, they collect something along the way. So they pick up a pet frog and, and some other things in each spot that they go. So the kids just had a really fun time looking at the pictures and going, oh, there's the cat, there's the dog, there's the thing that they just got in that one. What did they get in this one? And afterwards, then we played a game. And I think that a lot of people play it with, um, we're going on a bear hunt or we're going on some kind of a trip and we're going to take something with us that starts with an A and then starts with a B and then starts with a C. So anyway, we just played. So we, okay, we were tired of living in a house, so we packed up our apples and Mm -hmm. our beets and our, you know, (laughs) and the kids were picking weird things and I kept, you know, saying, well, you got to stop taking all these big animals. (laughs) They were bringing their, their cows and, you know, their ducks and things. But, um, anyway, so then when you play the game, you just go back through and you say, we we brought our apples. And then the next one, they add the B and then you have to say the A and the B. It's like the 12 days of Christmas, but instead it's 26 letters. (laughs) Yes. And as far as the game goes, the best thing about it was that it took a really long time. And they loved every second of it. They did. They were having a lot of fun. (laughs) Tanya, why do you think this is the most perfect picture book ever? Yeah, there's a couple components that I really love. One is it's just charming. It's a charming story with charming illustrations. It's also a touch magical in a way that childhood feels magical. Like there's no magic per se, but I always think children dream of finding themselves on a deserted island. And building mm-hmm. the perfect treehouse and finding mm-hmm. that cave where there might be buried treasure, right? These are the stories of childhood that all of us yearn for as children and children continue to yearn for. When you find these children frustrated at home and they're packing up their things, it's an impractical packing up of things. And then once they build their treehouse, you're looking at all these different aspects of what's on the treehouse and the clothing that they're wearing. <laughs> and it's just, it's the treehouse, right? That every child mm-hmm. wants. It's the raft that every mm-hmm. child wants. And so you have all of these elements, plus you have still this whole story that's being told in the illustrations, 
that is different than what's in the text. So, so the illustrations mm. tell the story of the text, but they also tell another story where you see the, the loving care of the siblings for each other. Mm-hmm. You can just, you see them all sticking together. They're in different places throughout You know, you have this young, what looks to me like a two-year-old youngest little mm-hmm. sister and, you know, she's being properly cared for. And they're having Mm -hmm. fun together and they're doing it together and there's no conflict between the children, right? Right. And then like Jill said, you just have all of these details. So when it starts to rain, the way it's drawn, you really feel like you're standing in the rain. And when the wind blows, you really feel as if the wind is blowing. Like you could just, it feels like the story could come to life. And what's phenomenal is it's black and white, no color. Yes. Right. Uh, although I love None the cover has red. <laughs> yeah. So it sparks your imagination, <laughs> but then the entire interior is black and white. And then, you know, they have this great adventure and they do all these things and, and then they recognize that the best home is home and they're ready to come yeah. home and parents are there to welcome them with open arms and it's just this and which child what child hasn't thought, Well, I'm just not gonna live here anymore then. <laughs> right. Every child has thought that and I, I have right. this memory in my childhood where I was staying with a cousin in a very rural town in a, in a home where there wasn't any other houses for miles. And their grandma was in charge. And I had five cousins and me and my brother. And the oldest was probably like 10. And we got really mad at grandma. And we left <laughs> for the day. And I remember it, we went through cornfields for hours, you guys. And I don't, I don't even remember if we took food or water, okay? And it was summer. <laughs> And I remember packing our one or we took turns packing the one or two year old. And we were so angry at grandma. And I don't know, it was probably because she said we couldn't have ice cream or something. Right. You know, but we just left (laughs) and we were gone five or six hours. And then we got really far away. And then we got scared and thought, well, actually, home is kind of (laughs) nice. So we trudged back home. And I don't remember what happened. I don't remember if grandma was mad or if the parents were home by then. I just remember my mom came to pick us up and we told her what happened. She was like, okay, then, well, let's head home. (laughs) Sounds like you had an adventure. Yeah, sounds like you had an adventure. And I just remember we were all sticking together and, you know, the anger burned off and we recognized where we ought to be. And this story just is reminiscent of that. And I think lots of children either have done this whole, I'm, I'm leaving today and they've gone to the backyard angry, right? Or yes. they've thought about it. <laughs> so I just think it speaks to childhood in a really powerful way. It Part of it is, too, that, yes, every child has probably thought about running away from home. But as they pack up and they go to their treehouse, and it's already, it's like a ready-made perfect treehouse. They just got there. And it, you, like you said, it's the treehouse. Right. Where did that come from? How did that happen? So it's really realistic mm-hmm. and then really imaginative Mm -hmm. at the same time and so that's part of what with the illustrations what's so fascinating about them is kind of like how did that happen (laughs) well and like in that illustration how they're getting the dog up they did the pulley system to get the dog up yep (laughs) it's so boy it's so boy and it's so girl because in that same illustration there's the little girl with the tea party and the little tea set right little girl little tea party little tea set so it's completely girl and then Okay, we built this pulley system and we're pulling up the dog to the treehouse. And I just think. Right, because the cat's already (laughs) there. Yeah. It doesn't have a problem, but the dumb dog (laughs) can't figure out how to get up in a tree. We didn't think of that before we left. No. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to add as as much as I like color, sometimes black and white is best. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. 
I think that part of the charm of the book is just exactly what you're saying, that the illustrations, being in black and white, they allow for the child to color it in in their own mind. But the fact that it's so detailed, it tells the child how to think about it, how to imagine it. It suggests to them a way that's very, very satisfying. And in so doing, you have a child then say, they're dreaming of a treehouse. They're dreaming of a raft. And that's the kind of thing that's very much missing today from a lot of books. It just sort of forces you into the particular point of view, or it's sort of deconstructionist, no, we're not going to give you anything, and you just got to figure it out. This is that sort of training the mind and inviting while also leaving space for their own beautiful, thoughtful creativity to fill it all in. And so I really love that. There's something just very, very childish about it that's so winning. Well, the other thing is that they start with their angry and they go to live in a treehouse and then mm-hmm. a raft and then at the, you know a cave and, and at the sea. And each time, for yeah. various reasons, it doesn't work out. And so mm-hmm. at the very end, it's we packed all of our stuff up and we went home to live in a house. Right. That was it. As adults, oftentimes we over-explain to children. And I think it's incredibly difficult to be an author for children. Yes. It, it's a delicate balance to not preach to them, not moralize to them, mm-hmm. not over-explain to them, mm-hmm. not dumb down to them. Right. To give them things that are worthy of who they are as children at all levels, even yes. one-year-olds. My mom right. always used to say to me, that she always treated her newborn babies as if they were old spirits and gave them the respect they deserved. So for example, yeah. my mom would never change the diaper of a baby in front of other people because she felt that it was disrespectful to the baby. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right? So I was raised with this mm-hmm. and I'm not making judgment on anyone else. I'm, I'm trying to articulate a point that my mom always taught me that a baby was to be respected. And so there was a lot of ways in which she did that. Like, for example, if a friend came over and we did something that she felt was incorrect and needed discipline. She never disciplined us in front of a friend. She always waited mm-hmm. until the friend went home. And then she said, I would like to have a conversation about XYZ behavior because she felt mm-hmm. that we deserved respect in front of our friends. But then she felt that she deserved that same respect in front of her friends. Right. So it's kind of the same Beautiful. thing that Charlotte Mason says, that children are born persons. Born persons. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. learning to write a picture book, especially in 32 pages generally, usually with minimal text, Mm -hmm. it is an Mm -hmm. art. And I don't think just anyone can do it. And oftentimes you can see picture books where you think, yeah, that's okay. It was fine. It was fine. But in this one, Mm -hmm. you see it doesn't speak down to the child. It doesn't over-explain. It's just they come home. The child can do that. Mm -hmm. To go along with that at the end where they go home and realize that here's where we belong is in our house with our families. In each of the pictures of where they go, they go to the treehouse. They don't really belong there because they're not set up to live there long term. Mm-hmm. But you see in the picture the things that do. There's mm-hmm. a bird. Mm-hmm. Ah, it yes. does belong there. Mm-hmm. In the When they d- go on the raft, there's a frog. He does belong there. Mm-hmm. They go in the cave. What belongs in the cave? Not the kids. <laughs> you know? And then yes. <laughs> when they go to the seashore and everything gets washed away, this the picture of the cat clawing its way back up out of the water onto that rock. (laughs) The cat also does not belong in this natural setting. And and also that kind of goes with what Joe was talking about. Sometimes black and white's the best. You don't need any color. No. Because that cat is 
Perfect. Perfect. That is a wet, <laughs> desperate cat. And that's probably my second favorite because it, because it's, I feel sorry for the cat, yeah. but it couldn't be drawn any better than no. that. <laughs> oh, I have clearly not poured over the illustrations close enough. I, I'm oh, looking dear. at it right now and you're right. It's perfect. <laughs> well, you have to sit on the floor with 15 five-year-olds and then so. you know <laughs> And you know, this is exactly what Jill has always shared that Leonard Kessler said. Children will also pour over the illustrations in a way that an adult doesn't. And that tells a yes. story. Yes. Oh, well, it's like Diane asking, where's the cat? That's something that Leonard would have drawn the cat doing all different sorts of things because he knew some kids would notice that. And he yes. also said, you know, make sure every word counts in a book. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like streamline the story. And that's what mm-hmm. you're saying, too. It's only... The only the necessary parts of the story are there. It's not dumbing down anything for the children. It's not over explaining anything. It just gives them the story. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Mm. That's lovely. I want to go buy more copies. <laughs> well, and I, let's talk for a second about who these are perfect for. Mamas, you need one of these in your own home. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Find this book for yourself. We're not very often going to say to you, this is one you should have because we think everything is an option, right? Like mm-hmm. not everything is perfect for everybody, but this one, it's pretty perfect. <laughs> so we do passionately recommend this one. Well, and if you think you might want to keep one and save it for your grandchildren, mm-hmm. now is the time to get it when it's in hardcover because it's yes. going to be going to paperback. Oh, next yes. Time. Yes. So buy the hardcover while they still exist. Mm-hmm. And mamas, how many times you've been invited to a party for a little one and you're like, oh, shoot, what do I need? This is the kind of thing where you could buy one or two, put them in your closet. And when you are invited to that party, this is a winner. It's going to be a winner every time. And so this is one of those things you can hold as your emergency. I need a gift for the six-year-old in my life. Um, it's It would be a great one when you have a child who's going off to a big, scary adventure and they're coming home. Maybe they're going to grandma and grandpa's for the weekend for the first time and a good book to come home to, that kind of a thing. So this one, do yourself a favor. Find it. Get it. <laughs> At least check it out from the library and read it and enjoy it and know what it is. Jill and Tanya, thank you for coming to talk with us about this book. And Jill, your lovely, lovely work. And um, I love the story about how this actually came about. So thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Yeah. It, was, it was just the right time, the right story at the right time. Jill, I don't think that this can be expressed enough. I genuinely believe that the work that you are doing by bringing these books into print with the love and care that you are doing, I believe you are doing a good and noble work. And that is why we love having you back so much. What you are doing is making the world a more beautiful place, and you are showing our children the respect that they deserve and giving us beautiful and worthy options to have in our libraries. And that's why we're going to have you back a whole lot more, because <laughs> there's a lot more to talk about. Well, yes. I could have a better yes. job, but I'm just so glad that you all appreciate what we do and you're sharing it with the world now. I'm so happy about that. But we've talked a bit together about the different ages that we are and the books that were available when we were Mm -hmm. kids Mm -hmm. and sometimes how stunning it is what we missed. Yes. And so even for me where I'm the grandma, Mm -hmm. I'm 
these books are coming back around for me mm-hmm. that I didn't know about when I was a kid, even though like this one was uh, first published in 1969 when I was in first or second grade. It wasn't in my bookmobile. No, no, my no. either. So I just love that they're back. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, this is, again, one of the beautiful episodes where we've gotten to talk about a book that we love and that we think you will love, too. And there will be lots more of episodes like this in the future. So Jill and Tanya, thank you for joining us. Well, it's been fun talking about this one. Thank you. Yeah, I would say this is one that's very close to my heart. I just... I love it so much. I felt that the timing was perfect and just it's such a beautiful story that Jill had tried to get it. It didn't work out. And then it just came to fruition so quickly. And here it is, this beautiful book. And I know there's a few more stories like that, like she said, where (laughs) she had tried for, for the rights and it wasn't the right time. And there's something to be said for the right time. There's a time Mm -hmm. and a place for all things. And there's a right book for kids in various ages and stages. And One of the things I often say is, you know, there was a time in the history of the world where people didn't have access to a lot of books, if any books. And so difficulty of their lives was whether or not they could even read or have access. The difficulty of our lives is there's so many things we don't even know what to look at. Yeah, we don't even know how to prune or pick. There's so much Mm -hmm. to sift through. We're inundated with so much information and it's overwhelming. And so sometimes you just don't do anything. And so to Mm -hmm. be able to look through the last hundred years and find the gems and Jill choose to bring those back and highlight (laughs) those and focus those. And because like you said, Diane, you didn't have some of them. You don't, there's some books that you didn't know about and I didn't know about. And so now to be able to, I don't know, with technology and being able to research and have access to more information on different books, you can find just the right book and and then look to see if that book, if it's, it's time to be brought back for a new generation. And when it is, it's just a little bit magical. And I love talking about it and sharing it. So I'm so glad that you guys have this podcast where we can share the magic of the books. Well, this is the right, an example of the right time. For years, Diane and I had talked about if ever there would be a podcast and it was never, never, it was just never going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it was the right thing at the right time. When things fall into place, you know, and everything happens serendipitously, it just, to me, it means that it was meant to be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 